Hi, everyone. This is David Cohen, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Brad Feld. Hey, Brad. And this is the Give First podcast. And in the startup world, Give First means simply trying to help anyone, especially entrepreneurs, without any expectation of getting anything back. So we'll be talking to mentors and founders about what Give First looks like in action and how it makes great entrepreneurship possible. We polled everyone and they said consistently that their favorite part of the show was the legal mumbo jumbo. So here it is. The following discussion is an expression of personal opinion and does not represent the opinion of Techstars or any company we discuss. Our conversations for informational purposes only, including any mention of securities or funds. This is not legal business investment or tax advice and is not intended for use by any investor. Certain of Techstars funds own or may own in the future securities in some of the companies discussed in this podcast. Got it? Today, everyone, I'm excited to welcome Misty Kane to the show. Hey, Misty, how's it going? Hi, it's going really well. Thank you for having me. Misty, uh, you are, among other things, uh, an all-star Techstars mentor. That's a pretty cool uh, honor. There's not a lot of those. I found that out recently, so I was extremely excited and honored to be a part of that, that very special group. Yeah, you you know, people may not even know what that is. It's pretty new, but it's not us appointing, you know, out of our, I think there's 8,000 mentors globally that, that uh, sort of give first around Techstars. I don't know, there's 50 or 70 or so that were nominated by founders to just be consistently helpful and awesome. And you were high up on that list. So we get those people together and we call them all-star mentors, kind of a cool uh, little group. So it's been fun to get to know you that way a little bit. Absolutely. So I have uh, a couple of burning questions. I'm just going to jump right in. I mean, let's do it. I want to understand a little bit about you. Let's give everyone some context. So I know it's, it's always weird to talk about yourself a little bit. But, you know, talk about what you're involved in today, maybe your business and and sort of how you got there and sort of an arc from the beginning. Absolutely. So today I am currently the founder of a company called Wise, and it's a digital strategy company. And what we do is we help entrepreneurs and leaders to create actionable business roadmaps. So that whole decision fatigue of what do I do next? What's my priority? How do I start, grow and scale my business? I'm not sure. There's way too much information online. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, We help to ease that confusion. And also to help point people on the right track if for some reason they've gotten off of that right track. Maybe they're not profitable, their team isn't functioning the way they want it to, or they're having problems with telling their story so that people are attracted to their company or their product or service or their customers are leaving for whatever reason. And then I'm also the host of a new business reality show called Work. Well, actually, it's called Work. (laughs) (laughs) Three R's. You got to pronounce all the R's. And that's created by MailChimp. It's a new media arm of their business called MailChimp Presents. And it's produced by Scout. um, And they are the creators of the new Queer Eye. As you said, I'm an all-star mentor with Techstars, and I'm also an executive in residence for a university here in Southern California where I live, Cal State University San Marcos. So I get to mentor startups and college students and small businesses, and I love it. So, so give us a little bit of the backstory. How do you go from slinging newsletters <laughs> at, a, at a chamber of commerce to you know all this fun stuff you're doing today? So I'm a multi-passionate person and I find a lot of interest in a lot of different things, but I really found my niche in marketing. And so I grew my professional resume with marketing to the point that I became 
a digital strategist at a marketing agency. And I got to work with some really exciting brands. Before being a digital marketing strategist, I had director of communication and director of marketing roles, like you said, with the Chamber of Commerce and other companies and other businesses. And when I was at the the agency, it's funny, this happened four years ago. One of my colleagues came to me and, and we were on the same team and they were really concerned about layoffs because there were rumors that a big layoff was coming. And I'm like, hey, we're strategists. Strategists do not get laid off. Like you have nothing to worry about. The very next day I got laid off. So that was not only a total surprise, but it was so humbling. Now, I never thought I would talk about it publicly because for whatever reason, for me getting laid off just felt like, I'm just going to say it just really sucked. It was a mix of embarrassment. It stung my pride. It was like a bruise to my ego. It's just like one of those things like, no, 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 we don't want you. Thanks so much. And so I was thinking, well, I've got to, you know, get another job. That's what I should do. And my husband was like, but do you really? You've been talking about doing your own thing for a little bit now. Why don't you just see where that goes? So I started WISE. And four years later, uh, here I am. One of my very good friends, I call her my soulmate, Stephanie Burns. She writes for uh, Forbes magazine. And she told me that a casting director had reached out to her about a business reality show. And they were like, do you know any entrepreneurial women who are also good on camera? And she's like, do I? And so she pointed them in my direction. Now, what I thought was they were looking for someone who had business experience and could kind of just give them notes on what that looks like on camera. So kind of like the professionals who maybe Grey's Anatomy or ER, CSI shows, they call and they're like, hey, is this what this instrument's called? Or is this what this procedure is? And they kind of walk them through as a consultant. So my first interview was kind of like very, I was trying to be as professional as possible and have all this knowledge. And at the end of it, the woman who was interviewing me was like, okay, great. Can we do a Skype interview so we can see you? And I'm like, what? (laughs) Who cares what I look like? But sure. So we get on this Skype interview and I'm realizing they're looking for a host. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I don't say the things that just like I think in my head um, because people would be like, oh, she's, we really thought she was bright, but... Uh, So I have the Skype interview and then they ask if I can come in for a chem test. And I'm like, oh, I haven't done chemistry since high school, but I used the powers of Google and realized it had nothing to do with chemistry. It was actually just your chemistry with the other people who are auditioning. Uh, So much to learn. And a week after that chem test, they asked me if I would be the host for the show, which I gladly and excitedly accepted. So from laid off to business reality show host in four years based on having an amazing network, having uh, proof that I know what I'm doing in my business. So helping other business owners, helping entrepreneurs, and then having people give really amazing testimonials and word of mouth to where people are happy to refer me for certain projects. I think it's probably the success arc. So a little bit of motivation uh, sounds like from that moment that you got laid off. And I I think I saw somewhere, I don't know, your LinkedIn or your Twitter or something that Mm -hmm. You know, you were counting down the the years or whatever, you know, counting up and saying it was this long ago. So I, clearly that motivated you at that moment. Absolutely. And when they were advertising and looking for, you know, the person with the right Kim and all that, were they advertising for a business strategy queen or did that come later? I'm curious. <laughs> so they wanted three different types of people. So they wanted someone who understood design, interior design, because what we do on the show is we go in and we completely gut a business owner's space and redesign it in a matter of a week. 
So they needed someone who understood design. They needed someone who understood people, kind of like their personalities and the dynamics of communication. And then they needed someone who understood the process, like the operations, how a business runs and how to improve that process. So we each bring our own, I guess, our own gifts to the show. And so I'm the uh, strategy and process. Yeah, and I, I just saw that label on the show, Business Strategy Queens. I didn't know if that was theirs or yours, but I like it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you said something um, that I saw also about, you know, this sort of crazy world we're living in where things are so virtual and, you know, it's, it's sort of hard to connect with people on a human level. It can't be all business all the time. That's not the way it works. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that dynamic. Absolutely. I'm super honored to be a Techstars Anywhere mentor. And um, for those who don't know, Techstars Anywhere is, well, now most of the accelerators are going to be remote, but Techstars Anywhere was kind of like that flagship remote accelerator experience within Techstars. So we meet with most of the founders completely remote, except for two or three touch points throughout the year. So a lot of it is through phone and computer screens, which in and of itself, sometimes that can remove some of that human element. So what I like to tell founders when I'm working with them is we're going to talk about your business a ton, but I need you in order for you to not give me any BS, not put up a facade, not tell me everything is fine when it's not, to come to me with those, man, I, I woke up at two in the morning and my mind is on a hamster wheel, but I don't have anybody else to talk to about this kind of issues and problems. There has to be some level of trust. And there has to be a genuine and authentic relationship there. Otherwise, you're not going to feel safe, number one, to bring some of those issues that might actually help turn your business around. But also, you're not going to feel as though you can. And it removes my ability in some ways to be able to assist to the best of my ability. So business is, to me, really, really important. Um, I think that it helps our economy and I think that it gives people purpose and I think that it helps people to become innovative and to showcase their creative abilities and also just to help make the world run. But at the heart of it, we're not hiring and working with desks and chairs, we're working with other people. So in order to do that, it's helpful to understand how those other people work. Some people are more introverted. I'm more of an extroverted individual. I get my energy when I'm around others. Um, but I have to understand that I can also be a larger than life figure when I'm working with others and may have to take a step back and be the person who says, no, no, you go ahead, share your experience, share your thoughts. As leaders in an organization, I think it's important to get to know the people that you lead so that you understand when you are maybe intimidating someone, whether you are allowing someone to progress and to grow as they should or to the best of their abilities to understand what opportunities are best for your team and how to keep your team engaged. And then as a follower or as a team member, I think it's important to understand who your team members are and to get to know them on a more personal level so that you can understand how to collaborate with them. So there's not these silos within an organization. Everyone's rowing in the same direction. They understand what the goals are. They understand you know, what is at stake and how you as an individual contribute to the larger team dynamic and then what that means, what your role is and how you can best fulfill your role without stepping on anybody else's toes. So getting to know people, I think, is super important. So the the introvert that you're talking to really appreciates the uh, recognition that uh, sometimes it's hard, right, for the person on the other end and virtual can make that a challenge. I want to I want to hit on a couple of the current events going on in the world. You know, we're we're talking now sort of uh, learning how to work in this new environment, you know, remotely in a lot of cases and, and the whole COVID situation. 
what tactics have you been suggesting to, to do what you're talking about, which is to really build those human relationships in a time when that's pretty hard to do? So uh, a few tactics I think are helpful. A lot of people say, oh, you have to hop on video. So when you see that person, it makes it even more of a connection. And I may be revealing a little bit of age here, but I remember when there were just like chat rooms, people were falling in love in chat rooms. <laughs> like there was no, they weren't looking at each other on video. So what is it that helps to bind people emotionally? What is it that helps to bind people from a trust and a vulnerability standpoint? And what is it that helps to bind people from a collaboration standpoint? And that is having um, a strong why. So why are we all doing this? Um, if you typically don't care about something and you don't see the point or the purpose in it, most of the time you're probably not going to get invested in it and form a, a unified bond with the other people who are working on that same project. So clearly communicating to whether it be the team that you're leading or asking of your leaders, hey, what's our ultimate goal here? Some people call that a mission. Um, some people call that their organization's purpose. I like to refer to it as simply your organization's, you know, your raison d'etre, the, the reason for its being and make sure that everyone who is part of that project and part of that organization understands that why. If you're a mentor, you have to understand why am I mentoring this other person? Like, what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? And what's standing in your way from achieving that? So I understand where I fit in and how I can best help you to achieve those goals. Speaking of, of being a mentor, you know, you, you obviously do that around Techstars a lot and have been uh, obviously contributing a ton. And I know that's super appreciated by everybody in the network, but but why? I mean, you know, what is your why? Uh, dive into that for me because that that's a very, you know, sort of give first activity. It's not that we're compensating you. We're not sending sending buckets of gold to your house for doing that. So what, what, what's in it for you? I want to be the person that I wish that I had growing up. So my background is not rooted in entrepreneurship. My family was very blue collar. My dad was a truck driver and my mom worked in administrative jobs. We didn't talk about career paths. We didn't talk about life design. It was don't do anything illegal, don't do anything immoral, and you're good. One of the benefits of that, I think a strong pro is they weren't trying to live vicariously through me. So it, it wasn't as though my parents had some sort of agenda for me and you have to do this. A lot of times parents force their kids to become a certain type of professional or to lead a certain type of life. My parents didn't force either myself or my siblings to do that. We were free to choose our own path. But I would say the con, if you can even look at it as the con, is there wasn't a sense of direction it was kind of rudderless. So just, hey, be a good human, now go out into the world. And when you're being a human for the first time, <laughs> you need to have someone who has that experience and who has paved a way before you, I think, to come back and say, oh, you may want to watch out for this. You may want to watch out for this roadblock, this challenge, this obstacle, this mindset, whatever it is, I've been there and I can help you cross over these bridges with a lot less bumps and bruises. And I put myself through a lot of bumps and bruises that I didn't have to go through. And I want to stop other people from having to experience those. So if I can take the knowledge that I've learned, if I can take the experience and the success that I've had and kind of walk that back to others and say, hey, you're going to trip and fall in this 
whatever it is, not defining what your organization does, or you're going to trip and fall in not hiring this way or asking these questions during the interview process um, from a professional standpoint, which is where my, my expertise is, then I definitely want to do that. By now, lots of people are probably curious about, um, you know, wise and how you all do what you do. By the way, if it's the MailChimp way, wouldn't it be wise or something like that? It's got some Z's in there, <laughs> right? Yeah, it, it definitely Okay, just does. checking. We're going to put that in the show yeah. notes so people can click on it, no problem, okay. and they'll be able to find okay. you. But sort of continuing along the mentorship thread, any stories of, of people that you felt like you've, you know, helped or mentored in some way that, that ended up just blowing you away on the other end of that of, with what they did in the world or how they gave back to the universe? Because I think a lot of times when we think about give first, it's, it's well, what am I going to get back someday? Well, really, a lot of times it's what do others get back someday? And it amplifies, you know, what you're doing. So any stories of, of companies you've worked with come to mind? So as far as companies that I've worked with, um, I had an opportunity to work with a, a duo. So it was two friends and they were going to start a business and it was going to be a part media business where they were going to put out information on fashion and beauty and technology and kind of like a lifestyle and lots of content. And then it was going to be part service. So if people needed some of those, they needed beauty products or if they needed photography services, they kind of wanted to mesh. And they were all over the place and they didn't really know what they wanted to do. They just had all of these interests and they wanted to combine every single thing that they loved into one company and one business and call it a day. They also didn't know each other that well. They had met in school and they had a lot of interpersonal conflicts. One was very, very outspoken, kind of an extrovert, and the other one was not. And she would kind of get ran over a lot. Um, she didn't speak up for herself. And then she kind of had like passive aggressive issues where she's like, oh, I resent this, but I'm not actually going to say anything because I don't feel comfortable saying anything and I hate confrontation. And their fledgling or nascent company that was already all over the place was at risk of dying and it was at a risk of not making it. Plus they were at risk of losing their friendship over things that I felt from the outside looking in were easily remedied um, with a little bit of mentorship on communication as well as a little bit of assistance in how to structure your business operations and also um, just structure the type of business that they were trying to run. Now, it may sound like a bomb, 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 kind of like sad ending to the story that the business didn't actually flourish and become, I'm like, oh, by the way, it's, you know, L'Oreal. <laughs> Surprise. Exactly. So the business didn't end up going anywhere, but both of those girls did go on to go work for a major beauty manufacturer. So they got um, executive roles inside of a larger company and are currently doing what they love. And funny enough, they also uh, married brothers. So they were two friends who met two guys who happened to be brothers. And they're like best friends, living their best life. And they reached out to me. This was probably last year before the whole pandemic happened. And sometimes we just keep in touch. And they said, you know what, Misty, we just want to thank you. So it doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal. Like when you hear someone reaching out just to say thank you, but you have these people who started off all over the place, who have gone on to have a modicum of success from a professional standpoint, maintain their friendship and now have a life that they enjoy. And they're coming back and saying like, this wouldn't have happened without you. 
And that's quite the humble brag for myself where I'm like, oh yes, I take responsibility for all of your success. But things like that make me want to do what it is that I do. Great story. And I think, you know, when you sort of tie what you talked about earlier together with that, what I'm hearing is, you know, through just helping others, you know, in your case, it's mentorship, it's what you're great at, business support, coaching, you either learn more about who you are, or you help someone else learn more about who they really are. And, and that's, that's very powerful in both dimensions. So it's an interesting thread that you pulled on a couple different ways. Yeah. And I also think about what people see in terms of success. There are success stories where I've seen where a company has made a lot of money. And there are success stories I've seen where companies have had huge exits and things like that. And I think we get a lot of that in the news. And so people begin to place their their vision of success. And did I make it on? Did I make a lot of money? Did I have a huge exit? Did I get a huge raise? Did I create the next um, innovative technology or company. And if I didn't, then I'm a failure and my life doesn't matter. And for me, I don't like to perpetuate that as the end-all be-all of success. I'm sure we all know stories of extremely famous, extremely wealthy people who are absolutely miserable and some who have even gone so far as to take their own lives. So then it becomes like, what does success mean from a, a human standpoint? And I like to tell pretty much anyone who will listen, that to me, success is a healthy left elbow. And essentially, it's the anatomy of success. When people are like, what? That makes zero sense, Misty. I just say, like, think about your left elbow. Before I mentioned it, were you thinking about it at all? And most of the time, people say no. And I'm like, that's because it's functioning as it should as part of your larger body. When you don't think about your finances, like when I walk into a restaurant or a store and I don't have to think about how much is this going to cost for me to purchase it, when I am interacting with my husband or my friends or my colleagues and I don't think, oh, are they mad at me? Am I not doing what I should for my clients? When my brain and my mind is completely clear and I don't feel the stress and the worry and the anxiety of my relationships or my finances or my spirituality, pick any spoke in your life. To me, you have success and that looks different for everybody. I'm really glad you pulled that together because I, I was one of those people wondering, what is this lady talking about with the left elbow? But I, that's a great, it's a great uh, analogy. And you're totally right. I, have, I was looking at it while you were talking. I just haven't thought about that in a while. But it's, it's just there and it's working. Um, Misty, lots of people you know, looking for your time or the time of a mentor, if they feel like they're given first a lot and are running out of time, how can they still engage with things like that? I know that you get a lot of requests. How do you deal with that? When you talk about giving first, especially me having worked on the show, you know, with MailChimp and now having a Forbes article, being more prominent in the community, being associated with great organizations like Techstars, I get a lot of requests for my time, for my attention. And sometimes people don't understand the give first mentality also works when you feel like you have nothing to give. And People don't, they either honestly don't know, they just know to ask like, oh, I'm just going to shoot my shot. Um, but when you have a lot of people shooting their shot and a lot of people doing a lot of asks, whether you're in PR or media or entertainment or even in the startup world, it starts to feel as though it's not necessarily an authentic request. It starts to feel burdensome sometimes. So maybe it just a little gem for those who are looking to, how do I give first if I feel like I have nothing to give? or if I feel like I have very little to give to someone who's in what I consider to be a more advanced position than me. And to that, I would say you could give of your time or attention. Generally, people who are in positions of authority or leadership or influence 
they're putting out content, maybe they're writing books, they are building businesses, helping other people build businesses, they are producing shows, whatever it is. And for you to circulate that content, for you to provide people with ways to enhance their thought leadership. So maybe sharing that content, providing your commentary and letting them know like, hey, this is what I've already learned. I know I didn't speak to you one-on-one, but from the things and, and information that you put out, I've already gotten so much value. So it's not, they don't feel like, man, I just put all this stuff out in crickets. I had someone reach out to me and, and tell me like, oh man, I just saw the first episode of your show and I've already written down three things that I can change in my organization. And that, that was huge. It's like, oh, someone, not only did they watch it, but they liked it and they thought enough to tell me that they got some value out of it. And I'm a very purpose-driven and value person. So I think other leaders may also experience some pleasure from that. We do a little thing uh, called rapid fire. I ask you a few questions. Um, if you have an answer, great. If not, you can always pass, but uh, just looking for kind of quick answers. Uh, have you read a book recently you think entrepreneurs would benefit from? I would say a book would be Persuasion by Jonah Berger. Awesome. Uh, any uh, nonprofit organization or charity that's out in the world that you think more people should take a look at? I would think Issue Voter. I don't know if it's necessarily a nonprofit, but it is a nonpartisan organization. And I think with the political climate right now, having people just look at issues from a human standpoint is helpful. Is there a place in the world that you think everyone should visit before they die? Yes, I think that people should uh, visit Aruba at least once. Good call. Sounds fun. Hard to do right now, but soon, we hope. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Misty, thank you for joining us on the show. It's great to let people get the chance to get to know you. Um, thanks for everything you do for not just the tech stars community, but the entrepreneurial community and, and businesses to help them succeed. And hopefully people will check out uh, Wise and, and learn more about you that way. But uh, from all of us at Techstars, just a, a huge thanks for all you do. Absolutely. Thank you so much as well. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot for listening to the show today. We'd love to hear your feedback, ideas, or who you'd like to hear next on Give First. And please leave a rating and review, ideally a good one, and reach out anytime to podcasts at techstars.com or on Twitter, I'm at David Cohen. See you next time. Don't forget, Give First.